Praise God. I'm reading from Matthew 15, verse 21. Then Jesus went thence and departed unto the coast of Tyre and Sidon. And and behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with a devil. And he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she crieth after us. But he answered and said, I am not sent, but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then came she and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It is not meet to take the children's bread and cast it to dogs. And she said, Truth, Lord, yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith. Be it unto thee even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. What a story. What a story. What we're talking about in this class, the last two weeks we've talked about ordinary people, how God can use and what God does with. We talked the first week about the lad with the lunch and how God used that little boy for the miracle that he wanted to perform with feeding the 5,000 with just a few loaves and fishes. And then last week we talked about, about the woman at the well, the woman of Samaria, who God saw fit to save her and, and to move in her life, and she became a witness to the city and how that she brought the whole city. Today, we're going to talk about another ordinary lady in the book of God. We know her as the Syrophoenician woman, and she, she is known as a woman of faith. So today, I want to talk about the woman of faith. How many of you know that it takes faith to serve God? It takes faith to get prayers answered. Come on now. It takes faith to see miracles. It takes faith to get healing. And so, and what I felt in the prayer room tonight, Brother Robert, was faith. I felt faith there tonight. And I thought, wow, this is going to be a great time for me to be able to talk to you. This Syrophoenician woman is an example of earnest, determined faith. She would not take no for an answer. She would not be discouraged. And the Lord held her up as an example of great faith as the end result. This was a desperate woman. This wasn't just an ordinary case. This setting for our lesson today involves Jesus leaving for the very first time his ministry. uh, For the first time since his ministry began, he was leaving his homeland of Israel. And we do not know the reason for his departure, perhaps because of the difficulty of reaching his own people, or perhaps it was just a rest. But he, he went to the coast of Tyre and Sidon and was the... He was there with his disciples, 
And if you read the first part of this chapter, I read it today, and, and uh, I, I was quite amused. It started out by the Pharisees and, and the people questioning God, and, and uh, the Lord looked at them and said to them that uh, you got a problem because they, they were griping because His disciples didn't wash their hands when, when they ate. And they were, they were all caught up in tradition. You know the world is caught up in tradition. And he got all in their eye. Go read it. He said, your problem is, is you're teaching for, you're teaching tradition as doctrine. You're teaching doctrine as the tradition of men. And our traditions are not God's doctrine. Amen. It's not what we think and what we do. It's what His Word says. And everybody say amen. So then it, it, we find this woman appearing in, uh, in this chapter, and, and suddenly, here he is. Uh, he's, he's face-to-face with this Syrophoenician woman. Uh, her faith came because she had heard about Jesus. She, she had heard of the miracles that he had done because he'd never been here before. And yet now she was approaching him. She had heard. You know, you know, I still believe, I don't know what you believe, but I still believe faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. You know, we used to have testimony service in the church. That's a very dangerous thing in the day we live in. Testimony service used to be pretty good, but I tell you, I got broke from having testimony service. Testimony service, I, I, I had, I, re, I remember... I remember a lady I used to pastor. She she died many years ago. She was she was elderly when I was pastoring her. But uh, you know she would listen to the to the radio. One night I, I I remember her coming to church and she stood up. She always sat on about the second pew and and uh, she was she was something now. She was she loved the Lord. She was full of faith. And uh, if anybody was saved, she was. If she didn't run past it, I can tell you that. But uh, nevertheless, she stood up one night in testimony service. She'd been listening to the radio that day. And uh, she, she said, it's just like that old song, Brother Chance, heaven's just a sin away. It had heaven and sin in it, so she just thought that was it. So that, that, that was her testimony. And, uh, and I, I've, I've had all kinds of things happen. Testimony service broke me from having it. But you know, you know what testimony service was for? To put faith in people. To put faith in people. You can be healed. I was healed. You can be healed. I was delivered. You can be delivered. We are made overcomers by the words of our testimony and the blood of the Lamb. Amen? I just think sometimes we, we still need to have testimony service. But what we don't need to do is give them the microphone. Hello. Amen. So, so this woman had heard and her faith was high. And in desperation, she came to the Lord, hoping, hoping to be among the first to present her request and her petition for help. And she knew what God could do because she requested it of him right off the bat. She knew that he could help her daughter. And so she approached him. The woman came and said, this is just a common woman, just an ordinary person. She said, have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. 
And even though she was a heathen, she, she, she must have sensed his authority and his power. And she cried out, the Scripture said. She was desperate for mercy. And she knew that her daughter needed deliverance. So following her cry for mercy, the Syrophoenician woman then presented her petition to the Lord, her prayer to God. And she didn't mince words when she said it. She, she just simply laid it all out there. You know, I, I told somebody just a few days ago, when you pray, pray specifics. Tell God what you want. Don't beat around the bush. Don't pray in generalities. Don't make your petition to God vague. If you need something, you tell God what you need. You specifically talk about what you need to God. Amen? And, and, and when you seek Him, you, you, you've got to be articulate in the fact that you say, Lord, this is my need. I recognize my need. I recognize what you can do about my need, and I need this. The Bible tells us, and it said this, ask. Everybody say ask, and it shall be given. The Bible said seek, and what? You shall find. Knock, and it shall be open. It didn't say maybe. It will happen when we specifically go to God with our needs. So, what you have to do is what the Syrophoenician woman had to do. She went to God with her needs. This exceptional woman came in a spirit of desperation, seeking help as just a little ordinary woman. Have you noticed that many times people of great faith, the Bible does not even give you their name. We don't know who the woman of Samaria was. We don't know the name of the Syrophoenician woman. We don't know the name of the lad that provided the loaves and fishes. They were, everybody say it with me, ordinary. They were ordinary people. They wasn't in the Scriptures like Paul or Silas or Job or Moses or Abraham or one of the prophets, they, they were just ordinary people. Their names were never mentioned. They were never mentioned. But oh, what a story this is. Because an exceptional, ordinary woman came to Jesus and said, Lord, I'm desperate. My, my daughter is vexed with the devil. And I need you to heal her. Ordinary people. I wonder how many ordinary people we have here with extraordinary problems. And we have to take them to the Lord. So, not only was she desperate, I want you to understand she was determined. When you go to God, you've got to be determined. I, I, the greatest example I can give you tonight of, about how we should approach God is when a kid grabs you by the pants leg or the dress tail in a grocery store and says, I want that, or in a toy store and says, I want that, and you say, no. Ah! Come on now, don't you look at me like that. My kids wasn't the only one that done that. Do you know kids will drive you crazy when they de determine to get something? Is anybody going to be a witness to that? 
They'll keep on and on and on and on and on. Shut up. No, 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 please. You know what? Many times we give in only because the kid was determined. Well, here's a woman. I want you to understand this. (coughs) The Bible refers to this Syrophoenician woman in two ways. Matthew called her a woman of Canaan. And Mark referred to her as a Greek. And the word Greek often was used throughout the Bible when referring to Gentiles. She was a mixture of several different races. The Scripture calls her a Gentile because she was not a Jew. Let me help you tonight, for those of you that don't know. I've had many people through time say, well, what is a Jew and what is a Gentile? A Jew is born of the seed of Abraham. A Jew is a Jew. Everything else in the world is a Gentile. That's simple. You, 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 you just have to know that. Jesus was probably weary from the pressures of ministry. I don't know. He usually responded quickly when people came to such, with such a cry for help. And, I mean, the demoniac of Gadara cried unto Jesus and he was delivered quickly in Mark chapter 5. The synagogue ruler Jairus, he came to Jesus and besought him concerning his daughter, and the Lord responded quickly. However, however, when this woman came and made her request to the Lord, Jesus didn't even answer her. He remained, go read the scripture, he remained silent. He never said a word to her. The Jews, loyal to their people, believed that the Lord's lack of response was because this lady was a Gentile, for they despised Gentiles. They didn't want anybody cutting in on the promises of Abraham. So here's what they did. Here's what the disciples said. Send her away. That's what they admonished the Lord with and said, get her out of here. Why don't you just turn around and tell her to leave? Send her away, for she crieth after us. She crieth after us. In other words, she is bugging the living tar out. I'm putting it in, in our terms of 2018. She's about to drive us crazy. Would you tell her to leave? But this ordinary woman, who was desperate and who was determined, would not leave. Despite of her background, And knowing the Jews' opinion of her, and knowing what people were saying, she continued to plead with Jesus. It would seem that the Lord just turned His back on the woman's earnestness and suffering. But all of a sudden, He said to her, I'm not sick, but to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. This is what He was saying. I'm sent to the Israelites. I came to save the Jews. That's my purpose and my mission. Oh, some of you don't believe that. Well, go read in the book of John, St. John chapter 1, where the Bible said, He came unto His own. You know who His own were? The Jews. He came unto His own, and His own received Him not. But to as many as received Him, to them gave He power to become the sons of God. We understand that He was rejected of the Jews. And because he was rejected of the Jews, he turned to the Gentiles 
to take out of the Gentiles a bride for His name's sake. That, ladies and gentlemen, is why you and I are privileged to be in the church today. Because we, not Jews, just ordinary people, have been invited into the body and to the bride of Christ. Thank God that He turned this all around. Thank God that He turned to the Gentiles. Thank God. The Bible said He took out of the Gentiles a bride for His name's sake. So, this is what happened. He said, I'm only here for the Jews. I'm paraphrasing now. And the determined woman would not take no for an answer. She knew Jesus could help her. So guess what she did when he said that? I'm just here for the Jews. She worshipped him. Sobbing at his feet. She said, Lord, help me. You want to get God's attention? Just fall at His feet and worship Him. You want to get you you want to stop the whole parade? You just stop and, and start worshiping the Lord. You know what turns a service around in this church when people start worshiping? You know what'll turn your life around when you start worshiping? Hallelujah! There ain't, oh, I could I could pause right here and preach a while. There's nothing that will turn God's attention like worship. I'm not talking about the kind of worship where the preacher says, okay, let's clap our hands. And we all do that. We're not even thinking about it. We do that for 15, 20 seconds, and we're through. Not when the preacher says, everybody lift your hands now. Let's praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord, for, for all you are. Thank you for what you've done. And, uh, and our minds are on the washing and the car wash and the yard mowing and the, and the job and the, the laundry. And That's not the kind of worship I'm talking about. The kind of worship is... That, 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 that this woman done, where she fell at his feet and nobody could stop her. And the praise and the cry unto God, she worshiped him from the heart. When you start worshiping God from the heart, I'm here to tell you prison cells will break open. I'm here to tell you chains will fall off. I'm here to tell you power will come to your life. You can praise your way out of any situation. You can praise your way out of anything that the devil has come against you with. Nothing turns the attention of God like praise. That's why there's dead churches and live churches. Don't you ever forget what I'm telling you. Somebody said, I don't know why they're doing all that. They don't have, they don't, they don't have all the truth. Let me tell you what. God will show up where they don't have all the truth if they start praising. Oh, you believe what you want to. I was in a place just a few days ago where there's worshiping and praising and magnifying God. I want to tell you, I felt God in the place. They didn't believe every doctrine I believed. They didn't believe everything I believed about the Bible. But I'll tell you, God never turns His back on worship, not true worship. When people start really praising God, because I understand that you've got to worship Him in spirit and in truth. But somewhere the Spirit has got to turn you to truth. And the Spirit can fall when you start worshiping and magnifying God. You know what she did? She fell down and worshipped Him. Somebody say worship. This church has got to always worship. You in your individual life. Let me tell you, before you petition God for anything, you better worship Him. I never, never get down to pray. Never. That I don't pray as the Lord prayed in the Lord's Prayer. When the disciples said, Lord, teach us to pray. Guess what he did? 
Let's, let's have a little two-minute Bible lesson here. Guess what? Guess what Jesus told them when they said, Lord, teach us to pray. Everybody ready? He said, pray after this manner. He didn't say necessarily pray this prayer. He said, pray after this manner. Our Father, come on, say it with me, in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Guess what that is? That's worship. I never ask God for anything before I worship Him. You've got to get the attention of God through worship. Now, this is not in my notes, and I didn't mean to go here, but I, I don't often go by notes. Sometimes I just go where I feel like I need to go. Because you can't just, you, this is not a drive-through window like McDonald's. You can't walk up and say, give me three blessings, two miracles, and four healings. That's the way we think God is. We think it's just a drive-through window. Hey, God, it's me, Danny. I, I, need, I need three miracles today, and I need a financial blessing. You've got to worship Him. Why don't you just pull up to the window and say, Oh, this is the greatest place. This is the greatest God. This is the Lord. You are, you are awesome in power. I magnify your name. And all of a sudden, God says, Hold on. I hear that person. Somebody's praising me. Somebody's worshiping me. You'll stop, you'll stop God from whatever He's doing when you start worshiping Him. And you'll get the attention of God whenever you start worshiping Him. This little woman wouldn't take no. She worshiped Him, sobbing at His feet. And, and then He made a statement that would have made the rest of us turn around and go home. We'd all been, we'd had our lip dragging the carpet. We'd all felt rejected. Anybody here ever felt rejected? Oh, don't it feel bad? Don't it feel bad to be rejected? I'm not playing. It feels bad to be rejected. Nobody likes to be rejected. Husband, your, your wife don't like to be rejected. Wife, your husband don't like to be rejected. Your friends don't like to be rejected. Y'all done got quiet on me now. This woman was rejected. Here's what he said. It's not neat to take the children's bread and cast it to dogs. He called her a dog. She's worshiping him, and he called her a dog. Well, I don't know if I want to serve a God like that. Oh, let me tell you something, honey. He did what he did for a purpose. He... He countered her persistence with such a statement to make His mercy more apparent. Because He knew what He was going to do. In other words, salvation was appointed to the Jews. And because they didn't receive Him, the Gentiles had a chance. And our God, whom we serve, never meant to portray the woman as a literal dog. But He knew the time had come for Him to fulfill the purpose of Him coming to the earth. And you find that in Luke chapter 19, verse 10. I want you to put it on the screen because I want everybody in this room to see it because the purpose of Jesus coming to the earth was this, to seek and to save that which was lost. Whether it be Jew or Gentile, bond or free, 
And so what he did here, when he said, it's, it's really not right for me to give you what belongs to the Jews. He called her a dog because she was a Gentile. He did not say it in a way that meant that she was a literal dog. He was making a point that what I can do doesn't really belong to you. This is what she said. Oh, yeah. We're talking about ordinary people now. Ordinary people, a lot of times, let me ask you something. If you came up here, Jimmy Williams, and you said, Brother Chance, pray for me, and I'm going to say to you, Jimmy, I don't pray for dogs. What would you do? i tell you what would happen in 2018. I'll tell you what. Come on now. I'm being real. This is what happened. She's worshiping the Lord. And she said, Lord, please, mercy. I, I need help. My daughter needs help. He said, I can't give you what belongs to the, to, to the Jews. I'm not giving it to the, to the dog. And, and, and she said, watch this. She didn't get mad. She didn't go off pouting. She didn't stick her lip out. She didn't run away. She stood right there. And she said, yeah, I know. I know. I, I, I'm going to put it in our terms, okay? But Lord, just, just I, 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 know, I don't want, I don't want the, the bread. Just give me crumbs. Just give me, just give me the crumbs. Even the dogs get crumbs off their master's table. Even dogs get crumbs. Let me tell you, she had his attention. She, you know what? This ordinary woman had Jesus' attention. Because when she said that, he did a complete turnaround. He said, oh, woman of faith. I, I, I want to tell you that you got more faith than I've ever seen in Israel. I've never seen such faith. I can't even drive you away from here hurting your feelings. I can't make you mad enough to leave me alone. I can't tell you enough to make you go away. And the disciples that said, send her away, she's crying after us, were all standing dumbfounded while the Lord said, go thy way, thy faith, thy faith will make it as thy will. In other words, whatever you're asking me for, it's happening right now. Because God will not turn away ordinary people with great faith. You believe that? You see, what, what a story. This little woman, I mean, wouldn't it have been great if they would have put, if they would have put her name here and her name would have been in bright lights? But they didn't. The writer didn't. In our day, crumbs are not sufficient. We want the whole loaf for nothing. But she knew that whatever she could get from God, that God could meet her need and heal her daughter. She wouldn't put it off. She wouldn't put it aside. She wouldn't take no. Jesus declared from the Old Testament until that time that, that the Jews were his, were his main people. But now here's a woman that is a Gentile and she's getting a miracle and she's just an ordinary woman. But it was only because faith turned the heart of Jesus Christ. Could I preach to you for just a few minutes on this Wednesday night? Nothing, nothing works like faith. 
you don't take a lot of faith. You don't take such great faith. It just takes faith as of a grain of mustard seed. But it takes determination and it takes desperation with, mixed with a little faith. And you get what you need from God. Let, let me take you back. Let me take you back for just a moment to the Old Testament. To a man that, that was a trickster. That was a supplanter. That the story, the story is this. He wanted what his brother was going to get. His name was Jacob. His name meant trickster. When Jacob was a boy, he was a mama's boy. And Esau, his brother, was our kind of guy. He was a man of the field. He was a hunter. Quickly, so you just understand the story. Jacob wanted the birthright and the blessing from his father Isaac. And Jacob was not to be denied. He literally went, his mother was telling him what to do, killed an animal and, and, and put the hair and the skin on the back of his hands and the back of his neck and went in. His old daddy had got blind. And he said, I'm here for my blessing. And the daddy said, let me see, son. And he felt his hands and he felt his neck. And he said, it's, it's the voice of Jacob, but it's the hands of Esau. But he gave him the blessing. Now watch me. That's why, that's why he was a trickster and a supplanter. He beat his brother out. And then he had to, he had to skadoodle out of there before his brother ripped him apart. He had to leave home in the night. Mama whooshed him out the back door with all of his clothes said, You better get out of here because Esau's going to kill you. And he ran for his life, stayed twenty and a half years gone, and then on his way back, because the Lord sent him back, on his way back, you couldn't undo what Isaac had done. The blessing, the blessing and the birthright were his. Esau didn't get it. Jacob did. But watch this. On his way back, he sent wives, herds, servants across the brook, and he stayed with God. And the Bible said, there, it's about chapter 32 of Genesis, the Bible said, there Jacob wrestled with the Lord all night long. He refused to let go. He got a death grip. Now listen to me. If he would have quit, he would have never got what he got. Just like the Syrophoenician woman, if she would have got up when he said, I'm not casting the, the children's bread to dogs. I'm not, it's not right for me to do that. She could have got up, got puffed up, went out, and left her miracle right there. But her miracle would have never transpired. <clears throat> Is anybody with me today? Jacob, when he got up off the ground that next morning after wrestling 
with the Lord all night long. The Bible said an angel of the Lord. And, and, and at one place it said the Lord. I believe that he literally wrestled with a human being, a, a, or a, not necessarily a human being, but a bodily force all night long. But here's what happened. In the middle of the night, the Lord touched the, the thigh of Jacob and crippled him. He left there crippled for life. But Jacob still wouldn't let go. And, and he said this, I will not let you go until you bless me. I believe that you have the power and you, and you have the authority. I believe that you can bless me and I'm not letting you go until you bless me. Now let me tell you, mind you, when he got up the next morning, he was limping and he limped for the rest of his life, no doubt, because of the touching of the hollow of his thigh. He got crippled up in battle. But not only did he get a touch from God, God said to him, what is your name? He said, my name is Jacob. He said, your name is not going to be called Jacob anymore, but Israel, for thou art a prince with God and with man. He never would have gotten that name without determination and desperation and faith. Everybody say it with me. Desperation, determination, and faith. Sometimes, honey, you got to stay with it. Sometimes you can't get your feelings hurt. Sometimes you can't, you can't just take no for an answer. Even when God says, this is not for you. Oh, yes it is. Lord, I want that revival in my life. I want that healing in my life. Oh, Lord, I'm not going to let you go. Remember the woman of the New Testament that knocked on the judge's house all night long? That said, avenge me of my adversary. You know what? He said, so you'll leave me alone. It's called determination. It's called desperation. And when we get to that place, we can be like the Syrophoenician woman. We don't have to leave without an answer. We don't have to walk off without God doing a work in our life. Let me tell you something, folks. God hadn't changed. He hadn't changed one-fifth, one-tenth, one-twentieth, one-hundredth. He hadn't changed one inch, not any way, shape, form, or fashion. He's the same God that created the heavens and the earth. He's the same God that walked on the shores of Galilee. He's the same God that fed the 5,000, healed the Syrophoenician woman's daughter, raised Jairus' daughter to life. He's the same God that healed ten lepers. Hear me right now. If He's that same God, God hadn't changed, you changed. And I've changed. He still answers prayer. And He still listens to people who are determined and desperate and have faith in God. You gotta have faith in God. We're not praying. We're not praying for exercise. We're praying because we believe. Amen. Does anybody believe God can heal? Does anybody believe God can save? Does anybody believe God can perform a miracle in your life? You know what? There's people, I can have them testify right here in this room tonight that prayed for years the same prayer before God answered. Boy, it's quiet in here. You can hear a mouse run across the carpet here. Years. You ever heard preachers say, you got faith, you'll just pray and leave it there and leave it alone. No, 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 no. I disagree with that. 
You got faith, you'll keep going right back to God saying, God, I'm still believing. I'm still holding on. You'll get a hold of the horns of the altar, honey, and you won't let go. God, I'm, I'm, I'm trusting you. I'm, I'm praying for my kids. I'm praying for my family. I'm praying for my spouse. I'm praying. I'm praying, God. I believe in you, God. There's going to be a miracle in my house. You can't pray one time, walk off. That's not faith. Faith is going back and saying, God, I'm still believing. God, I'm still hanging on. It's called persistency. It's called importunity. It's pressing God. It's staying with it. Because Jacob would have never got his name changed, and he would have never been Become the father of nations up as 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 it went from Abraham to Isaac and now Jacob. You know what? Jacob's name was changed to Israel. And there's a nation right now named after him. And he had sons, and they became the tribes of Israel. Go study the scripture. All because, not just because, not just because he tricked his old daddy. That was all part of it. Not just because of that, but honey, because when it came time for him to get a hold of God, he just said, God, I'm not letting go. I'm going to hold on here. I'm going to, I'm going to stay here. I don't care. How, you know what? The, 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 the angel of the Lord, uh, the Lord, however you want to term it, the Bible talks about both. I don't believe it was God in person because God is not a person. But here's what I believe. He had a hold of something, and, and, and it said, Let me go, for the day breaks. He said, I'm not letting you go. Let the sun come up. I'm not letting you go. I'm going to stay right here until I get a blessing from God. I wonder if we're that determined to get something from God sometime. You know why we don't get things from God? We don't believe like that. Hallelujah. When I've had my greatest results in prayer is when I've said, God, I'm not letting you go until you hear me and until you answer prayer. Amen. You've got to press. Everybody say that word with me, press. He said, oh, woman, great is thy faith. Great is thy faith. Great is thy faith. You can't be discouraged. Go read tonight before you go to bed. Go read Hebrews chapter 11. Nobody there let go. People died. People gave their lives. People, people were beheaded. Nobody there let go. You can't let go. Her persistent faith brought her to a place where God moved beyond the constraints of the old covenant. She turned time around. She turned law around. The law was that the Messiah was for the Jews. Are you listening? But an ordinary woman turned the whole business around. And you can turn the mind of God just like the Syrophoenician woman can. If he'll turn everything that is centuries old for a woman and say, You know what? I don't have a choice here. I'm going to heal you. Great is thy faith. He said, Go thy way. Whatever you will, it's done. It's, it's taken care of. Oh, friend, if she can do that. My name can be written in the history books of time that says that preacher prayed until God answered. That saint 
pray until God answered. That ordinary man, that ordinary woman gave it everything they had until God answered. I'm just here to tell you, it's time for us to start believing and be persistent and be determined and be, be so, so on fire with what we need from God until we refuse to take no for an answer. Be it unto thee, even as thy will. How many times have you prayed about it? Oh, preacher, I've prayed over and over and over. Really? Don't quit. Because great faith says you still believe. Amen. So I, I close quickly tonight with this. This ordinary Syrophoenician woman was a woman that carried no credentials as far as genealogy was concerned. That she was not really supposed to get a miracle from God. But that did not stop her. She was desperate. She was determined. She was faith-filled. And she would not get her feelings hurt. She would not take the boundaries. She would not take the disciples, yeah, yeah, and try to drive her away. She wouldn't listen to people. Her desire was to get an answer from God. She was humble. She was sincere. But she was absorbed in faith. She said, I'm not leaving. I'm not taking no. I want crumbs. If you can't give me the bread, give me crumbs. I'll take whatever you give me. My daughter is vexed with the devil. What are you going to do with your ordinary problem in an ordinary day as an ordinary person? Be humble and be contrite. Let me tell you what God said. and I, I, I'm hurried now. i got, I got ten minutes, but I'm going to close early. Listen. Here's what, here's what the Lord, the Bible says. He loveth such as a broken heart. Everybody say a broken heart. Say a contrite spirit. He loves humility. You can't demand God to do anything. You can pray His Word. And you can, you can ask God in His name. But you are not at God's... He is not at your command. You have to humbly approach God. When she should have quit, she didn't quit. She fell on her knees and her face and worshipped. So when you, you know, I, I, I know this is crazy. But I've seen people that when they didn't get an answer, they got mad at God. Well, guess what? God reads through your spirit. He reads through your attitude. He reads... How you're, He knows how you're going to react. I, look, I believe because Jesus knows all things. I believe that He knew what was going to happen that day. And the lesson that He taught His disciples was this. It don't matter who you are. It don't matter where you came from. It, if you got faith and you're desperate and you're persistent, I'm going to touch you. That's what he taught his disciples that day. And if we could grasp that lesson on this Wednesday night, that it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what kind of education you have. How hungry are you? 
How desperate are you? How, how much in need are you? How, how much do you believe that God really can do what you need Him to do? You know what? God can touch your kids. And God can touch your house. And God can turn your situation around. He's waiting on you to become the Syrophoenician woman of the 21st century that just said, God, I'm not leaving. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to quit bothering you. I, I'm here again, Lord. I'm I'm talking to you another time because I believe you're able to do this and I'm holding on to you, God. You're my only hope. You're my only way out. You're the only thing that I need today. God will honor that kind of prayer. Shall we stand? Hallelujah. Give the Lord a hand of praise here right now. Give Him a praise right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Ordinary. Not, not, not... You know, not bright lights, folks. Just ordinary people. I don't care what you call her. I don't know her name. Neither did I know the woman's name I talked about last week. That woman that met Jesus. Well, I'll never know her name. But I know this. She became a witness. I know this. This lady became a woman of great faith. What will you look? It's not about it's not about accolades of people. Do you understand this? It's not about accolades of who 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 impresses us. It's about uh, or who we impress. It's about what Jesus does in our life. And if Jesus can do it and will do it, we give Him all the glory, all the praise. It's not about us. It's all about Him. Everybody said, Amen. 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 Any, any questions, any comments, anything you want to say? I'm always open on a Wednesday night. I'll listen. i got a microphone. I'll hand it to you and, uh, and let, you, let you say what you want to say. Praise God. When you have nothing to say, that means I did good and I covered every point that was possible to cover. Thank you. Ushers are coming right now to receive your offering. Sunday morning will be extraordinary in this church. I hope you will show up. I, 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 I had a great time myself preaching last Sunday, and I, I want to tell you, I still believe what I preached, and I'm going to preach again this Sunday in the name of Jesus, and the Holy Ghost is going to fall, and God's going to do great and mighty things in this church. Can you say amen? amen. Praise God. I hope you'll be here for that. I hope you'll come believe in God. Let's have a great time together. The ushers are passing the offering plate. Don't forget prayer. Don't forget uh, to be here. In the, in the prayer rooms, I want to remind you of something. We've moved Kickstart over here to this area. If you just go through one, two, three, four sets of doors right through there, but they're close. They're close. About 50 foot right through there. It's, a, it's called the Elevate Cafe. And on Sunday mornings, we will give you some donuts and coffee if you'll come by early. Don't bring them in here. Don't carry them out of there unless you go outside. Amen. But uh, we, will, we will do that. And, and, and recently, the youth department, the student ministry, has been supplying other things like pancakes and sausage biscuit. And they have different things on different Sundays. And uh, you're welcome to come back there. I just want to make that known to you. Because some of you don't really know what happens. But if you get here a few minutes early... And uh, you, or if you want to come at 9 o'clock, cafe opens at 9 o'clock. From 9 o'clock till about a quarter to 10, we serve back there. And uh, you're welcome to come and enjoy a good time of fellowship together. Prayer room's always open at 9 o'clock. 
and uh, there's always great prayer. Hey, look, it's okay. Go pray. Be here at 9. Go pray 20, 30 minutes. Then go get you a donut, and you're ready for church. You got prayer and a donut and coffee. How much more could you ask for on a Sunday morning? Amen. God bless you. You're a great bunch of folks to listen to this crazy preacher all the time. I love you much. I hope you'll come back Sunday. Bring somebody with you. Let's fill this house up with people and with faith. Somebody say this with me. Desperation, determination, and faith will make ordinary people. Come on, say it. We'll make ordinary people receive supernatural things. I love you. God bless you. Have a great night.